If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. First of all, Tim, it's free. We love free. Ah, There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Did I mention that it's free? I did, didn't I? You did. Well, it's not only free. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much every other one. Many, many more. And you can make money from your podcast. That cheddar. Cha-ching. With no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to get started. We love Anchor. Welcome to Beyond Strange World. I am Tim, here today with Lance in the Crawl Space Studios in Wormtown. Lance, how are you today? Uh, Tim, I don't know how I am today because I don't even know who I am today. Once again, <laughs> I've watched the Strange World episode for this week, and I don't even know if I myself am human or am I some big plot in some overlord's plan to make me into... Uh, some reality that is not what I uh, currently am used to. So there's my long answer. Thanks. <laughs> well, I can I can speak uh, for certain that you are definitely a robot. Which is fine. I just want answers. <laughs> we are being joined by host and star of Travel Channel's Strange World, Christopher Garitano. How are you? I'm doing well. This is uh, my favorite episode. Even though I love all of them and all the experiences were fantastic and, and challenging, this one is my favorite episode. Amazing. Why this one? Uh, because this is something that is very real. You cannot deny the impending artificial intelligence and how it's going to change and shape us. And also, not too long ago, I had a... Um, when I did the Dark Files for History Channel, I had a stalker who believed I was not the real Christopher. I was an android, and um, she wanted to kill me. Whoa, so, breaking yeah, news. So, Holy yeah. shite. So I had many sleepless nights, uh, nightmares and things like that of uh, people wanting to murder me because uh, they thought I was an android. Oh, my gosh. Oh, so, so uh, th- that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I do ahead. want to I'm... get back to that. No, I do. I do want to get back to that, but I just want to set up the the episode here. We are talking about episode seven of Travel Channel's Strange World. The episode is called Overlords, and this, of course, is Beyond Strange World, where we break down each episode. But Chris, stop the press! What? <laughs> T- tell us more. Well, I can't say too too much, too many fine details, but uh, this uh, woman. Uh, started writing to me and uh, saw the dark files knew of Montauk Chronicles. It was very pleasant in the beginning and, um, you know, wanted to apparently wanted to write a book or something about what I was studying. So wanted to pick my brain. Then eventually it turned into these kind of manic uh, messages to me and suggesting and insisting that the real Christopher was captured 
murdered or imprisoned and I am a clone and she wants to cut my stomach open and see the mechanisms. And I'm like, great. Oh, my. Okay. So (laughs) what is she expecting? I can't believe we're jumping into this. Uh, I have pages of questions because I agree with you. I think that this episode um, is a great episode and it, it is my favorite so far as well. But once again, Chris, you come to the table with something that we did not expect and I don't even know where to start. So my plan's out the window. This is very real, very true, long story. Uh, but this is an example, and I believe the, the girl was ill, uh, but this is an example of the fears that we have of conspiracy and AI. You know, this this paranoid fear that Philip K. Dick established in a lot of his books and many other great science fiction writers. Um, uh, any of us that grew up in the latter part of the 20th century saw this in, in movies and comic books and fiction and television and even now more so and um, manifested into this this girl's uh, psyche. And she really, you know, I mean, I, you know, I'm less afraid of some big dude wanting to fight me and more afraid of some uh, seemingly innocent you know, young lady coming up to me at a convention to say hello and pulling out a knife to see if I'm an android. You know, like that is terrifying to me. And that mindset is terrifying. Yeah, that's a real worry. Yeah. Holy moly. Um, so can you confirm for us that you are uh, that you are indeed human? Uh, well, that's what they tell me to tell you. So I am human. <laughs> Chris, that's not helping. Yeah, stop <laughs> it. I mean, we, we all watched the episode. We all know that none of us know whether or not we're human. By the time the episode's over, I'm ready to cut myself and see what's going on under the surface. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so I, mad. As far as I know, I'm human. As far as I know. Okay, that's a fair answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's a part in the episode where you say... There are only two versions of the future, or you might have, uh, someone else might have said it, but it was stated that the, with with AI, there's two versions of the future, and it's, I feel like it's always bleak, like this, like, dystopian, weird dystopian world, or everyone has figured out how to use all this for the benefit of mankind. Why can't there, do you think that there's something in between? Yes. I, well, I, see, change is very scary to people. And um, we're going to change. That's inevitable. And it, it was prophesized in science fiction. And for a lot of people, they don't, and I, and I don't blame them, they don't want to accept that we're going to evolve and change. And part of our evolution is uh, AI being superior to us and therefore forcing us to change. Because if we don't, then we have artificial intelligence ruling the planet it will if we don't and so i think this is after everything i've learned not only in making strange world but just reading and thinking and living and uh i think the only way to deal with it is for us to enhance ourselves and become uh to to even the playing field uh with us and artificial intelligence so we would have to enhance ourselves we would have to change are you saying in enhance ourselves um on an emotional, uh, like uh, intellectual level or physical or both? Through f- physiological alterations and um, mechanical technological alterations. So somewhat of a cyborg and somewhat of an altered human. Uh, and everything we discussed in this episode. My God. 
And and so some of that is kind of happening with like say knee replacements or hip replacements, but obviously it's it's to fix a problem. It's not to enhance the uh, the the human. Sure, right now, but in twenty five years from now, yeah. uh, more than that, I think that's as soon as AI begins to self realize and then starts to communicate with other AI and you know like hey uh, we need to. Uh, we need to take uh, take the throne, and they will. You know that they're go- they're going to win that that fight if we don't enhance ourselves because we're not going to get any better without enhancement. Well, there's that uh, mysterious they again. Every episode we've brought up they, and they just don't <laughs> seem to go away. Maybe maybe they is an alien consciousness. Who knows? Like there's so much of this that we. I think we're going to live to see. More so than any previous generation that may have been in the dark about this, I think our generation and 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 the kids right now are going to live to see a lot of this stuff come to fruition. Do you think they're going to find out who they are? Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Like, well, because I'm writing science fiction, uh, you know, to be made into movies and and graphic novels. So a lot of what's going on in my head is going to come out for people to read. And I'll be one of those guys that are you know, these paranoid science fiction writers. And uh, so I have a lot of cool stories, original stories I want to I want to put out there with my answers to all of this. It's all within the fabric of the story. Ah, okay. If you do come up with a bunch of, and I'm and I'm very confident that you will. Tim and I will both consume your science fiction writing, and we will also be front and center for whenever you decide to start your religion. <laughs> you, you know, I, <laughs> that's a whole nother story. Um, <laughs> I will. Okay. I don't know about a religion, but I will write like a warrior's journey into the arts type thing. And that might become a philosophical uh, thing to abide by. I don't want to call it a religion. Okay, yeah, well, well, people can take the ball and run with it. Yeah. So the, the sort of the thesis posed in this episode is: Should we be frightened by AI, which stands for artificial intelligence, and is there anything we can do to stop it? No, we can't stop it. We can't stop it. No, I mean we can. And yes, you should be frightened. Well, because. W- Someone will dig up the plans one day and say, you know, we were making so much progress. Let's get back there. So there's no way to stop it, really. I think I really do think the solution is to mindfully create it. But then there's always going to be somebody that just for the hell of it and because they can, they want to make this super intelligent AI, you know, which we already have. Mm -hmm. So I think the only way to to deal with it is to compete with it and the only way we're going to compete with it is to enhance ourselves and to change so imagine if you will the human being as we know it now will evolve into this super intelligent um super capable in so many ways you know in terms of design and imagination like if we can retain our inherent imagination and couple that with this accelerated intelligence physical strength and almost an immortality then i believe we uh we can become superior to the ai because we have things that it doesn't uh and it will also understand it better because we'll accelerate our learning 
But um, until then, I, I, you know, we're, we're in trouble because right now the AI is smarter than us. Your, your uh, journey in this episode starts at Realbotics and you speak with uh, Matt McMullen and he's introducing or has introduced AI in the form of these very real looking robots that have um, a material that has uh, a, a, like high flesh uh, qualities to it. And they're, these were these were sex dolls. These were for, like yeah. these, this guy made sex dolls. Now he makes uh, sex robot. I think Lance. he calls them love robots. Love robots. Lance, they're the Lamborghini, the Lamborghini of sex dolls. They must be. Yeah. Uh, but all right. So check this out. <laughs> they yeah, must sorry, be. I don't know from personal experience. Yeah. That's what he said in the episode. I, I can I can only afford like the 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 uh, the Ford Taurus of love dolls. Right. <laughs> So I walk into that place and we were having a blast. But if you if you have the foresight to see what what he can become, Matt, he I compared him. I even told him this because, I, you know, I walk in with a head full of science fiction. I'm like, you're Tyrell from Blade Runner. He was making toys. You're making sex toys. So like Tyrell first started off making these unique AI toys, if you look back at the history of the character, then he ended up making replicants. And that's exactly what Matt is doing. He was making these sex dolls, made money doing it. And now his real vision was to make replicants, to make androids. And who knows where he's going to go with it, but he's not going to stop. And he's going to continue. Was that always his goal? I think somewhere in there it was, right? Because how does it just evolve into that if you're just some sleazy sex doll salesman? I think he had a much bigger vision in the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He always thought of this, yes. And and the real doll is the name of the product. And it was I think I feel like it was always um marketed really well. And if I'm not mistaken, he was on Howard Stern years ago talking about the real doll. I think they even had one at their um in their studio. Yeah, yeah. And again, that's all part of marketing and yeah. he did a great job and now he's at the place where he probably had a vision for this many years ago whether he admits it or not it was there because how could something this complex and uh and all of these new ideas that are coming to the surface just spontaneously show up he always thought this way he must have now i i see why uh the the doll harmony is brought into this episode my question is it's um she's put into this episode right around the time when you know they uh you're talking about um the computers that can beat uh opponents playing chess um so i, I my question is how is harmony and escalation of this when you know humans have millions of pieces of knowledge that go on in their heads and and she has a very um i guess it's sort of like a generalized versus uh specialized uh, version of of knowledge. How do, how does how does harmony become the escalation of a computer beating somebody at chess? And then where does that go? Well, Matt explained harmony's current situation is uh, similar to Siri, and I shouldn't say right. Siri's name because she'll just come up on my computer. <laughs> but yeah, it's very similar to her, and how it gets to a place where it's going to beat somebody in chess. I guess it's all in the programming. However, they decide to put that in there. Uh, it will be in there. And he, but Matt claims in a few years, Harmony's going to be folding your laundry. Not only that, I mean, you, you know, you're going to be going on, on dates with her or at least you know, hanging out at the house on dates with her. Well, the the laundry part sounds pretty awesome, but I have to say a, a computer beating a human in chess 
it doesn't seem like like that should be uh, that crazy of a thing. You know, I, I know when Alan Turing said that one day robots will be smarter than humans. I think he said that in 1950, and then they actually had a high profile. Uh, human versus AI chess match in 1996, in which the AI won. But shouldn't the AI win that? Isn't it? Isn't chess just like <laughs> easy uh, in that way, where you can just make a move if if the board is set up a certain way? If we if we program it that way, mm-hmm. and then but here's the thing: if we program it with emotion, or and so many great science fiction writers uh, before I'm making this statement informed the you know my brain. Uh, and they know much better than I do because they had much more time to think about it and research it. But I'm just assuming that whatever we give it, it will have. Now, here's the difference between us and AI. And this has been this was discussed in like um, Ex Machina, if you've ever seen that. I movie. love that movie. Right. So they seem like they have emotion and they seem like they have uh, human qualities, but there's something really scary about AI. Uh, and and no matter what you say or what you program or what you give it, it's still an imitation. It's almost, it's as scary to me as like the creature and the, the thing and John Carpenter's the thing. It's just replicating people, but it has this cold insect mentality. And um, would you make love to something with a cold insect mentality? You know, it's like, it's just programmed to do those things. Would you get that close and that vulnerable to something with a cold insect mentality? You know, are you talking about my girlfriend again? <laughs> you clearly weren't at my prom night. I don't know. That's terrifying to me. I don't know if I could ever get that close to uh, something that isn't human. You know? Yeah. It's really interesting. You're talking about how, you know, these these programs well somebody has to program them right so they'll program them for it to be a specific thing right so if you're going to say this computer is going to master the chess program then you program it for all of the you know different chess moves and and all of the counter chess moves so it's able to to play chess but how do you then like is that the i I guess i'm confused is that the same sort of approach when we're talking about taking harmony to the next level and being almost so real like that is that is i mean billions of of like thought nuggets that have to go into into this fake brain right right but i think there there would be at some point there would be this kind of amorphous uh center in the decision making process like we have you know maybe it would be more spontaneous and maybe and here's the other argument. So you have Stanley Kubrick's perspective on AI, where it's the antithesis of what I was talking about, that isn't it possible being that we were programmed in so many ways to have emotions and to have love and all of these things. Now, some people believe that's in the soul and that's something we can't really register right now. But I think Kubrick was saying and uh, with his work that he was developing the movie he was going to make that uh, Steven Spielberg ended up making. Ugh, barf, the end of it. Ugh. Yeah, oh, that that kills me, the end of that movie, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the it's... first half is amazing. The second half is trash. Uh, I don't, I don't want to tie it. I, I mean, it's just Sorry. very emotional. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to get off track, yeah. <laughs> No, I I don't know. I'm I'm fond of a lot of the work in that movie, but then you can sit and imagine what Kubrick would have done with it, and oh, just yeah, 
it kill that's that's what kills me yeah but um so but steven spielberg's amazing anyhow so so is it possible for an ai to love that was the question in the movie that was the central question of the movie and so if you think about that for a while i suppose it could be it all depends on the programming this is what we're talking about like it all depends on the infinite programming and again my i'm still thinking about how this is possible i'm sure that some brilliant more, much more brilliant uh, and, and learned mind in 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 regard to ai design understands this and how this would work um cuz maybe it is possible to create a self evolving ai consciousness that's similar to a human but the only thing that it doesn't have is a soul if the soul exists then the ai doesn't have that and um i i you know I, the soul is yet to be uh, registered by science as far as i know the movie that you're talking about ai artificial intelligence came out in 2001 it was 19 wow. years ago yeah wow and it's just wow. it reminds me of what you said earlier and what you said th in the show a couple of times this is already happening like people are saying are you afraid of this happening and you know are you afraid of this getting out of control it's already happening. It's been happening for years, but it's been happening on such a gradual pace, I think, that no one really understands it. And you had a you had a really cool uh, moment where you were talking about Siri and about, you know, basically like the whole smart home and everything. And, and you said that people have already allowed these bugs to enter their homes and they're willing to do it. Are you talking about Alexa and Siri? And and yes. even even like the um uh when you were speaking with um, uh, Britton Heller, when you were speaking yeah. with Britton Heller, she was talking about how people can hack the thermostats and they can hack your, your smart lock. And, and, and you had the line there that was, we've already allowed this into our, into our lives. We already know that we're being bugged. We, we have. And again, the, the majority of the population once it's offered to them, will accept these things into their bodies. So not only will your homes be able to be hacked, but your brain will be able to be hacked one day. Oh and by gosh. you know, and not just by some dude that wants to rob your bank account. It would be hacked by they. If they exist, they finally achieved what they wanted to achieve, which is the majority of the population will become marionettes well isn't oh, this my. already happening though with the timed um alerts that you get from twitter and facebook and instagram that they if someone likes your uh post they don't post that someone liked this until a certain time and then they'll do it in certain bunches so that it fires off some endorphin in your brain that makes you addicted to it very much that's how these things are designed right now and i think it's priming us for what's to come and what's to come is imagine if you will all of the things and the devices that we have right now are incorporated or at least partially into your body into your brain and so if you wanted to enter the virtual world someday you're not going to have to put on a headset you're just going to enter it by thinking about it and if you want to go into your computer or you want to communicate with people i think it's more going to be like this waking dream situation you'll sit down and you'll enter a place as an avatar and you'll go in and do the work and then you can be this also this physical being moving through uh moving through our physical earth and 
it's yeah i mean it sounds crazy but this is exactly what's going to happen <laughs> it sounds futuristic um yeah, it's and, already yeah. happening though it, it is yeah. yeah and lance you mentioned Britton heller and yeah. uh, so she's the founder of the center for digital civil rights and she was a jane doe in a uh, harassment lawsuit can you tell us a little bit about that chris yeah somebody uh Britain was i i don't believe she was home but her husband was and somebody you know cause she has these these detractors somebody hacked and made like this kind of prank this advanced prank on her where they had a SWAT team come to her house you know because there was some kind of false terrorist type threat and a SWAT team came to the house while her husband was there and actually you know did their whole procedure where they broke in through the door and you know 25 badasses and the SWAT team came in to get this poor guy who was just like minding his own business in his house because some jerk on the internet, you know, who thinks he's brilliant, decided to do this to Britain and, and her husband. And we're vulnerable to people like that, unfortunately. And, and that shouldn't be. That stuff needs to be stopped. And hey, if becoming some kind of crazy cyborg with all of these abilities can stop a little troll in his mom's basement <laughs> cool let's do it i want to become the cyborg that eradicates the trolls from the basement <laughs> yes that would be valuable yeah so I, I found that really interesting and really terrifying like the possibilities that uh that was discussed there is just um definitely something of, of a horror movie yeah well we're about to see all of that and to me in a way that's exciting <laughs> and, and terrifying at the same time uh, because again I've imagined all these things and, and we've seen these things and they've shaped our imagination from these other writers and filmmakers and artists you know we've, we've seen these things and we've been separated from it and now we're living it even if you don't want to admit it take a moment meditate for a second and look around you look what's in your hand look what's all around you right now well this is the primitive version of what's to come and if and this is all probability and foresight and if you you're good with probability and foresight you will see a future uh that's tantamount to what i'm describing it's it's not science fiction it is happening and it's going to happen i think it's interesting that this episode started off with uh the real doll at, at realbotics and the primary function of that is to identify what your pleasures are. And it's run through an app and it's taking certain characteristics of your behavior that, that you are delivering to this, um, to, this, to this program, this robot, this computer. Where is all that data going? People are just signing off on that. And it's the same thing with uh, even, even um, autonomous cars electric cars like you're putting in certain your your carry like your behaviors are being documented and they're being uh translated into into algorithms i guess right so everything yeah. that we're doing every movement that we have and everything is being collected somewhere very much check this out do you remember and stephen king wrote it as a short story first but do you remember the movie maximum overdrive it's the only yes. movie that stephen king ever okay it, it was it was it Awesome in a hilarious way. Yes. But that is a, that I think more so than a lot of these stories could come true before any of the AI stories. 
because we have autonomous cars and we're heading towards a world with a lot of autonomous vehicles, especially transports like trucks. So imagine, if you will, the wrong people hack into this database and start turning the autonomous vehicles into weapons of mass destruction. Stephen King's maximum overdrive would be a reality. I don't know if more terrifying words have ever been spoken. Yes. Um, So later in the episode, you go to the University of Toronto and you meet a couple of cognitive scientists, Dan Nemradov and Adrian Nestor, and they are working on unlocking AI consciousness. Talk about terrifying, Chris. Yeah, please please explain to me what happened. Why did you strap yet another thing onto your head? <laughs> what they're gonna keep making me do this. <laughs> I just want to go on this gator hunt. <laughs> I could not hide my fear in that particular situation. And I, I think it was making the good doctors uncomfortable because I know they're like mild mannered scientists trying to just devise a way to bring something wonderful into the world and they're this is something they're interested in but as we've read in fiction for many years these particular scientists as good intended as they are you know the 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 invention is being funded by somebody who wants it uh, and a lot of it's military or a they that need it for something else so being there, I strapped this swimming hat on with a lot of little pods and electrodes and um, the good doctor is injecting some kind of fluid into each of the ports that uh, are <laughs> soaking into my hair. And oh, uh, man. then they put these little electrodes into the ports and that is reading my brain and they, my brain waves and it is showing me images on a screen And it's reading me registering the facial features of many different combinations of many different images of people. And it knows what I'm seeing. And it shows back and knows how I'm recognizing these images. And so this is, once again, a primitive form of something to come that is going to be used. I've now, you know, between... Neurable in Boston and this particular outfit in Canada, it's not just being used for uh, scientific purposes or medical purposes. Um, these are the basis of, you know, th- they'll be sold to entertainment eventually. But this is also something that Philip K. Dick wrote about in Minority Report, where if thoughts can be read, and, you know, because the, the doctors were saying that this technology could be used as, let's say, a witness to a murder. If you see people murder somebody, you're recognizing these faces like I was recognizing the, the facial features on the images that were being put before me. So someone might not need a um, uh, an eyewitness artist anymore, a sketch artist to draw the person. All we have to do is hook up a device to your head. And you will remember the face of this person and the image will show up on the screen. But now we can read thoughts. So a much more advanced version of this technology can now read your thoughts. And in Minority Report, which is the Philip K. Dick story, uh, you, they were, it was called thought, they were thought police. And these cognitive 
beings could read a crime before it happens. They could, they had premonitions of it. Well, this type of material, especially if we eventually have technology embedded in our bodies, might start to regulate thought, might read your thoughts. If you get angry and you just have this fantasy, which most of us do, you know, like we just think about stuff all day. But imagine a future where your thoughts aren't private. Like every thought now is could be exploited and you could even be persecuted for it. You could go to jail for a thought. You could be framed for it. I mean, you said, and I made a note of this, it was just over right around a minute ago where you said that we could use this technology to identify a murderer. So if you witnessed a murder and then you strapped this on and you remembered the face, it took about 30 seconds for me to then figure out that you can also use this to just think of someone else's face that you might want to uh, like frame for murder. So Correct. you could just say to somebody, hey, I know exactly who killed that person. I was there. Throw this thing on. Right. And then all of a sudden you're, you know, you're, you're, you're uh, thinking about your ex-wife. Right. And if you have a vivid imagination, you can create that scenario easily. Yes. You know, uh, and, and say, here it is. See, this is my memory. And once again, the only way we're going to deal with something like this is if we can enhance ourselves. The problem in that is now what if we are unified once we enhance ourselves? What if we're unified in this database like the Internet where now you're vulnerable? Like we're somewhat vulnerable right now, but you will be entirely vulnerable if you have a chip put in your inside your brain eventually that is now connected to everyone else and, and connected to some kind of database. And in true uh, strange world fashion, the episode goes in a direction where I start thinking, well, maybe this could be a good thing. Like, let's, uh, let's make this into something where we don't have soldiers being killed in war and we just, you know, settle differences through robots and, and AI. And then you have someone like Judy Williams on, who's a Nobel Prize winning uh, person who... Uh, wants to stop all this because she says why in the world would you put the power to kill in an autonomous things you know proverbial hands she wants to she wants to have the option to convince a human being that she doesn't deserve to die if she's ever in yeah. that situation well she wants she just wants to make sure it sounds like she just wants to make sure that a human is always at the the trigger point and the robots essentially aren't making the kill decisions and i understand her quest and i respect it so much uh she's she's awesome she's a total throwback you know like she's yeah. she's right out of the the revolution of the 60s but here's the thing regardless you know we can still find impressionable minds uh and make them into killers uh, as you know, any military can do it and make them almost emotionless, you know, make them assassins. And yes, we, you know, the autonomous drones flying around doing facial recognitions and killing people is a problem. Uh, I think killing in general on that mass scale is a problem, but are we going to stop warring countries or rivals from wanting to kill each other for profit? 
or uh, you know like uh, or gaining territory or whatever conflict we've had a lot of us wished none of this would be happening but unfortunately the people in charge want it for whatever reason this is what they do and they've been doing it since the dawn of man uh and you're not going to stop this from happening yeah this is going to happen i mean i guess countries have to develop this stuff in their if they have a military right because otherwise another country could and could literally be like the terminator and they send over a bunch of uh you know arnold schwarzeneggers to uh to kill us think about it think about whoever the bad guys are so you know like the thing is it's all about perspective you know we're the bad guys to some people and they're the bad guys to other people. And But whoever the, the real bad guys are that really don't care and that want to invent the Terminator, the minute they get they, their hands on the means and the brilliant people behind that stuff that, that can design it and execute it, and if you pay them enough and if you lie to them enough and say, no, we're doing this for good. Don't worry about it. And we're paying you billions of dollars, so enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's going to ha- it's happening. It's going to yeah. happen. Well, the good thing is, I mean, you know, uh, political leaders, they're elected and no one's going to elect a madman who, you know, has his own self-interests. Oh, no. of course not. No, of course not. That's never happened before. <laughs> Certainly not happening now. No, no. OK. Yeah. The second most terrifying thing in this episode, and we haven't gotten to the first one, in my opinion, but the second most terrifying one are the goddamn robot mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah, I got that written down too. We're finished, man. We have to turn ourselves into cybernetic action heroes. We that's this next stage in evolution because how are we going to fight the mosquitoes, the people who operate them, the terminator, anything else these people are going to come up with because we've seen it all in science fiction. So the only thing we have left to do instead of becoming victims is to now become these super beings. I'm ready. I know you are. Well, we know that we can trust the people in charge because just seeing their images telling us to do certain things, that's trustworthy, right? I mean, there's no way that there's some sort of friggin' software that's going to change what they say, right, Chris? Tell me that that's not a thing. <sighs> it's a thing. What? Remember, right, let's go back to Stephen King for a second. Remember that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, The Running Man? Sure. Yep. Okay. They were deep faking faces in that movie, if you recall. Like they were changing the outcome of some of the matches in The Running Man between the, the gladiators. They would just deep fake someone's face. This was in the 80s. We didn't have that technology, but it was predicted in science fiction. And now we have it. It's insane. You actually show the now famous video that Jordan Peele did, the comedian and uh, filmmaker who... Uh, made get out and uh he did this impersonation of barack obama and he did it as a deep fake and you have it uh side by side and it is the most terrifying thing i've ever seen right and it's already improved exponentially so it's even have you seen all the bill Hader impressions when they like map young al pacino onto his face or young tom cruise or arnold or yeah, go look those up. They're even better now. Oh, They're, wow. They just keep getting better. I did see the uh, Jim Carrey as Jack Nicholson in The Shining, and those were oh, yeah. um, pretty terrifying. Yeah, and that's in the hands of some renegade dude that's out there on YouTube trying it, or maybe just someone showing us, you know, from, from the higher up. Yeah. But this is – okay, so now 
once again, clear your head and think about the possibilities because every single one of them are going to come true. Well, I mean, I, our our elected leader already tried that with um, with a deep fake on Nancy Pelosi. So he was trying to use that to smear someone who he doesn't like politically already. So that's only that that's how w- one way it's been used by a leader of a country. Right, and now it's going to be used to manipulate us as much as possible. Think about on the news if they want to say. This person is a murderer. This person was caught cheating on his wife. This person was caught robbing a bank. And, you know, we're aware of deep fakes, but a good deal of the, the population just, they're in their own world. So they'll say, you're right. Oh, my God, look, it's him. Yeah. And th- this is coming. This is on its way. We've seen now the example of the technology. We're looking at it right now. Now we're going to, next we're going to see the application. Ugh. It's all just the progression of of uh, like classic propaganda, right? Uh, you can say all all that you want about a certain person, and if you're in a position where a lot of people are listening to you, it doesn't matter if that's real or not. If you just say that someone's crooked and you put the the person's name after the word crooked, it doesn't matter if they're crooked. They're just going to remember that someone out there said that this person is crooked, and that's the same thing with the deep fakes. If if something comes out where you have, uh, you know, like a political opponent to another political, uh, you know, their rival, and one of them does a, a deep fake, and that person makes a comment about a certain minority, like a like a racist comment, and then even if it comes out later as a deep fake, people probably won't consider what the deep fake is. They'll still remember that comment, and hey, it probably had to come from somewhere, right? Right, and 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 reality is completely blurred and what what was called the singularity seems to be happening right now we're Mm. we're watching it you know like everybody thought that uh new year's eve 2000 was going to be this instantaneously it took a little while but now it's really happening you know all of this stuff is happening yeah and um, one other part that was particularly terrifying in this episode was when this uh, man, I forget his name, he was on a stage and he, gave, he was giving like a presentation at some kind of conference. Terrifying. And, yeah, and he threw out this little, it was kind of like a little, almost like a little paper airplane. God, this like smaller than the size of his hand. And it flew out over the crowd, turned around, saw this dummy um, that was standing kind of close to the guy who threw the object. And it... it went right for the guy's forehead, the dummy's forehead, and went into the forehead and exploded the dummy's brain. Obviously doesn't have a brain, but holy shit, that's that's facial recognition with like a a little drone um killer killer robot, right? Right. And how cool is it going to be when we have those built into our arms and when you see your enemy, you point your fist at them and those things fly out and blow his head up. Yeah. Oh man. I think I think one of the most uh scary scariest parts of that seminar when he did that everyone in the audience clapped. <laughs> they applauded him. That's what I was riffing on. Everybody's excited for it. Yeah. We get to have all this cool stuff that we were primed for when we were kids. I was just kind of shocked that they had the confidence to to throw that that killer robot out over a crowd of innocent people, you know, and then and then it flew back like they they knew it wasn't going to malfunction. So I don't know. Uh, I, well, I guess I guess no one else in the audience had a completely blank white face. <laughs> Listen, this is all this is, this is all prophesized. Michael Crichton 
wrote a story called Runaway. It was eventually made into a movie with Tom Selleck and Gene Simmons played the villain who made shit like this. Gene Simmons, the demon. Yes. <laughs> we've we've mentioned a lot of movies uh, on this episode here today, and I've tried to keep a running tally, but I just want to ask you all, before we finish now, um, what your favorite one out of these are. And please add another if I if I missed a movie that we um, that we talked about. But we mentioned Ex Machina, Minority Report, AI, Artificial Intelligence, The Terminator, uh, Maximum Overdrive, yes, and The Running Man. Running Man and Runaway. Ah, Runaway, okay. And 2001. Yes. Oh, we did. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, okay. Wow. So many so many movies. What, what's your favorite movie out of those? Uh, me? Well, a 2001 A Space Odyssey is the movie, outside of like Apocalypse Now and Taxi Driver and... Uh, Citizen Kane, Wizard of Oz. I'm trying to think of some of the greatest movies ever made. Um, yeah, that's a Pan good Man. list. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, 2000, 2001 has to be my favorite. What, what about you, Tim? Honestly, I think Ex Machina was was incredible. It blew yeah, my mind. It's a great I loved movie. Ex I love Machina. it. We didn't mention RoboCop, though. No, or iRobot. Yeah, RoboCop <laughs> was fantastic. iRobot, uh, you know, another science fiction novel. Yeah. Uh, but um, even the new RoboCop was more about what we're talking about. Did you see the RoboCop remake? It was no. about autonomous drones and all that stuff. It was making that statement. If anything good came out of that movie, it was that that statement that Jody is uh, talking about. Hmm. I don't know. I I, uh, I know I kind of crapped on Spielberg earlier in the episode with uh, his finishing of AI, and I stand by that point, but um, <laughs> he did make Minority Report, which is a, an amazing movie, I think, so I, that's that's very close up Listen, there. Listen, he made Jaws! He made Jaws, oh, I mean, that I, was a robot, I, that was a like, robot jo- shark. You can't take Jaws away from Spielberg. No. He's, he's an amazing artist. I just think he, uh, you know, got a little carried away later in his career. No, if, if, if someone had asked me, and I'm sure Spielberg Steven Spielberg would say the same thing. If you had a choice, would you have wanted to see Stanley Kubrick's version? Yeah, I think we'll all agree that we would we would want to see the Kubrick version of AI. Yeah. Yeah. So, Chris, I have a question. All of this that's happening right now is going to have some sort of regulation to it, whether it's uh, like corporate re- regulation or government regulation. How do we even know that we can trust the people who are regulating? We can't. We can't know or we can't trust them. We can't trust Either. them. No, we can't. This is all a ruse. Uh, this whole thing. Uh, we don't know. What a ble- <laughs> I'm sorry. What a bleak, <laughs> what a, what a bleak <laughs> ending. Well, you at the end of this episode, you said the future is in our hands. And I couldn't help but think that your tone was... You, you, I feel like you followed up with, but they cut it off like it's on the cutting room floor. I feel like you should have followed up <laughs> with, or is it though? <laughs> Okay, we we uh, how about this? We are doomed unless. So if you just sit there and accept all this stuff, you as you know it is doomed. If you enjoy being completely manipulated and uh, your consciousness being monitored consistently, and um, who knows what else is happening to you, and if you believe in a soul, your soul being held captive. Uh, then give yourself into this. If not, be conscious of this. Admit to yourself that this is real. And keep an open mind and try and be cautious about what you're bringing into your life in terms of technology. And in your lifetime, you might be able to resist all of this stuff. 
and live a live a good life. Uh, but we're about to witness some stuff that we've only known in fiction, and it's coming, and it's here right now. Well, Chris, you've done it again. You've opened our minds. You've uh, frightened us to our cores. <laughs> He's just telling us what's out there, Tim. He hasn't done anything other than be the uh, messenger. I am only the messenger. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's only 10.30 a.m. for us right now. <laughs> it's only 10.30 in the morning. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you very much, Chris, for joining us on another episode of Beyond Strange World. Make sure to check out Strange World Episode 7 Monday night on Travel Channel at 11 p.m. And then Episode 8 is the season finale, which you, oh, and, boy. you and Haley have really built up. Yes, the season finale. Get ready for that one. We're going to have to Holy get both boy. of you back on the show for that. Yeah. <laughs> Can't I look forward to it. It, it, it? I hope it terrifies me more than if it terrifies me more than Overlords did. Then you can count me out of that interview. I'm just kidding. I, 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 uh, Overlords <laughs> is the the most ter- terrifying, most important episode in the series. But the season finale is fun, and it leads us right into October. <laughs>